Hello and welcome to season two, episode two of the Enterprising Gen Z podcast. As always, my name is Sam Watson and I'm your host. Now, on last week's episode, I spoke to Tim Hayden, who's the CEO of Hagley West. I found the episode really interesting. Hagley West is a watch company which mainly advertises on TikTok, and I wanted to get another perspective on this. So today I'm talking to Dermot McCann, who's the founder of a company called Blaze Spirits. Now, Dermot is the youngest ever founder of a spirits company in the UK. He's only 19 a year older than me. Now, I think it's really interesting that at his young age, he's decided to found a spirits company. So at the moment, Blaze only do uh, whiskey and vodka, and they're looking to branch out into more and more alcohols. Um, But we're going to be talking about why TikTok can be a good platform to market your business, and also why Dermot went into this industry in the first place and the struggles he's had. Um, It's a really interesting episode. If you enjoy it, please feel free to give it a review wherever you're listening from. And yeah, I hope you enjoy. Uh, hi Dermot, how are you? Ah, I'm not bad, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. The first thing I want to ask you about is a bit more about you and your business and a bit about your entrepreneurial journey so far. So my name's Darren McCann. I am the youngest founder of a spirits brand here in the UK. So back when I was only 19 last year, we launched Blaze Spirits with our blended malt scotch whiskey. This is after I spent well over a year before that running a marketing agency specifically for alcohol brands here in Edinburgh. Is that kind of why you started Blaze? Because you kind of had experience marketing alcohol before this already? So actually, it came from an opportunity of when I was reaching out to a prospective client. So I did some cold emailing and basically it was cold emailing a a whiskey distillery. I didn't realize quite how big they were, to be honest. Um, I cold emailed basically the head of operations, the number two at this distillery. He, for some shockingly, emailed back. You know, it's very uncommon for these guys to email back if you don't have some form of referral or something. But this guy did. Basically saying, nah, we're not really interested because I basically just pitched them some services to sell their existing lines on Amazon. They were like, nah, we're not really interested. But you know, we like the platform. What would be the what would be the opportunity for the interest in doing basically an Amazon exclusive brand? And things kind of uh, spiraled from there into what became Blaze Spirits. So you were kind of marketing alcohol before this. Yeah. Why did you Blaze Spirits? Your first product was whiskey, correct? Yeah, it was. Why did you Why did you choose to go straight into whiskey? Um, you know, and did, did you didn't go into other alcohols first? So the most obvious answer is my business partners were a traditional Scotch whiskey distillery. But there is something beyond that of I saw a gap in the market for a premium Scotch whiskey really for Gen Z. You know, I'm a younger guy, I'm only 19. And there wasn't really a premium brand of actually really good quality whiskey that really spoke to me as a younger spirit lover. So I would enjoy a few different premium whiskeys, but I I would never get hooked on any brand there because all the really nice whiskeys tend to age 35 plus, the kind of traditional old man's one. And from a business standpoint for me, I realized most people when they start drinking whiskey will either have their granddad's Laphroaig and they'll hate it, or they'll be on Jack Daniels or Hay Club or something like that that's just not uh, very good quality. Um, and it just puts most people off whiskey straight away, whereas it is a fascinating spirit. It's as mixable, if not more, than actually a lot of other spirits. And there's so much variety in, in whiskey. One of the things that I found interesting, so I read over your website before I started the interview, and you, spe- you specifically wrote about wanting to create Blaze as not a pretentious or traditional whiskey brand, which I thought was quite interesting, I think, to other whiskey 
labels and you know it's very traditional i look at your yeah. label and it's really neo-traditional it's it's a completely different vibe to other whiskey brands you're speaking about jack daniel just said i'm looking at my shelf just now i've got a bottle of jack daniels that i was <laughs> drinking before a night out uh but what, why did you kind of choose to go down this different alley was it because you were trying to target a gen z audience well, obviously, first off, targeting younger, but it's also where we're placing the products. Because I was looking at, again, I, I did a lot of marketing for other brands. And every time I would scroll through Amazon looking at the product pictures for whiskey. And honestly, there was almost none of them were legible in the pictures on Amazon. Because just the way they design, their labels are designed to be on a bar shelf, to be on a store shelf, not to be online. The whiskey industry especially is not caught up to the internet. I don't even think they've realized the internet exists yet, never mind social media. So they are, you know, it's it's very far behind. So I figured, you know, let's give it a shove into the 21st century. We're seeing more labels this style in gin and rum. You know, they're modernizing. Whiskey's always slow to modernize, but, you know, figured, hey, let's give it a shove. If you're if you're watching this podcast on video, I'm showing the camera now a bottle of Bombay Sapphire and Jack Daniels. We're actually right; it's it virtually impossible to read. And on like a thumbnail picture on Amazon, no chance. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. So now you've you've recently branched into vodka. Yeah. Um, why vodka? So we decided to do it's a limited edition vodka. We only ever made and only ever will make two hundred bottles of it. It's a very small run. Um, as for why vodka over the likes of gin or rum, which were really the other contenders, you know, first off, I wasn't going to do another whiskey. We've created an incredible blended malt scotch whiskey, and I don't have an appetite for another whiskey. I, I love the one we've made, and I'm happy with that. Our intention was always to create a spirits brand to be the premium spirits brand for the next generation of drinkers. So we've created an epic scotch whiskey, so the next option was going to be either gin vodka or rum realistically as for why we went for vodka well gin is very saturated at the moment there's so much awesome incredible craft gin rum could have been an interesting one i think to be fair um but i ended up deciding to go for a botanical vodka which is very similar to a gin it just doesn't have juniper but it's still botanical based and yeah, you'd find it closer to a gin than you would most vodkas, to be honest. So kind of in 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 the whiskey market, to go back to that, there are so many massive companies yeah. and they're, you know, how did you manage to go up against them? So it's not even that there's so many massive companies, there's three or four companies that own most of the industry. You know, Diageo own something like 43% of all Scotch whiskey production, one company. So, and the top four own over 80% of all Scotch whiskey production. They actually own the, um, I remember we spoke off air. Do you remember I was speaking to you about um, my family a few hundred years ago, whatever, owning a whiskey brand? Yeah. They actually own the rights to the name. Oh, almost every single whiskey distillery will have been owned by Diageo or one of the other big sort of four corporations. Almost every distillery will have been owned by them at some point, other than the brand new ones. Um and yeah, it, cause it's also not very common to see a brand new Scotch whiskey distillery. Most of the time when a new one props up, it is actually the rebuilt, an old one that was mothballed a couple of decades ago. Um, you know, there's a couple of exceptions to that, but that's generally how these things go. Yeah, it's, it's always interesting, but taking on these big, massive companies to me is has been fascinating because the fact is 
we have been able to reach through using TikTok, through using natural content, far like what would have cost them tens, if not hundreds of thousands of pounds to do in their traditional paid ads. Now, well, I don't know why, but alcohol companies and whiskey brands especially are terrible at social media. I did some reviews of um, Instagram uh, pages for a variety of brands, part of the marketing company. And a lot of these brands would have 15, 20,000 followers, which is solid. You know, that's a solid following. But I was looking at it. They'd posted every other day for the previous six months. They were posting every other day. Fantastic. You know, no no complaints there. Could maybe do every day, but, you know, that's, that shouldn't be an issue. And then, but the, the really shocking fact to me was there was two posts in the previous six months that had over 100 likes. This page had like 17 and a half thousand followers. Only two posts with over 100 likes. One was a product launch. One was a giveaway where you had to like the post to get the giveaway. And that's not, and that was a modern company that was probably kind of bleeding edge as far as customer and social media stuff. It was remarkable to me how poorly Scotch Whiskey's done, especially with social media. So that's something we obviously then decided, you know, I think we can do something better there. And uh, TikTok, it turned out, was the platform for us to do that on. I was speaking to Tim about this on the last episode, speaking about how influential um, TikTok has been for his business. He's just hit, I think, 820,000 followers. Crazy, crazy numbers for watch brand. I mean, I'm sure that's the most followed watch page on TikTok, I'm sure. And then in terms of TikTok for you, how influential has TikTok been um as kind of like a marketing platform for blaze oh it's been massive the issue we have with tiktok is like i think tiktok ads especially the paid ad side of tiktok is super duper powerful right now the problem is they don't like they don't allow alcohol at all which is really frustrating with tiktok but when it comes to the actual content and all this it is incredibly powerful for us you know i wasn't even much of a big social media creator before uh, i started blaze that was my first project where i was really doing full scale content production for it but it was um it's been you know it's what's got us probably 90% of our sales to be perfectly honest it has been the platform where i've met people who, where i've been able to engage with people where we're able to naturally reach people and it's become a thing of we kind of decided pretty early on that we weren't going to focus on Instagram or Facebook basically at all because TikTok was where the natural organic traffic was that's where we could do well and that's where we know we can scale far beyond far faster and far cheaper than other brands I think one of the one of the beauties of TikTok is you can really uh, interact with your followers on a way that in a, in a way that with other uh, social media platforms you can't really yeah so for example applying to tiktok comments to q a to me it was the lives because there was there was a time earlier on in the brand where i was doing a tiktok live three four hours a night six nights a week um well after doing you know three four tiktoks a day uh this was especially sort of pre and a little bit post launch and then like january this year as well it was very very big for doing a lot of that stuff um and it was very it is very interesting it's it's a you get a real community there in a way that I've never seen really through just Instagram or or Facebook. Uh, you know, probably the the closest thing I've seen would be like the Facebook groups that are super tight communities. Um, but I think TikTok and the way it operates in TikTok Lives can be the next kind of well, will be for our generation the that hangout space like good like Facebook groups says to the to our parents' generation. 
I think um, I was I wrote an article about this on my website about I think loads of other social medias are trying to replicate TikTok. Oh, yeah. I don't think they're quite doing it as well. Um, and I think TikTok, I I see it becoming the the biggest used platform social media platform in the world. I see that happening yeah. in the next. 10, 20 years. Well, I think that's already happening. Um, it's worth remembering that 20 years ago, Facebook was for the college kids. Just 20 years ago. Then Instagram came around and that was the that was the platform for the kids. Now TikTok's come around, it's the same thing. By now, Facebook's for our grandparents. Our parents are on Instagram and TikTok will be the same for us. But give it another 10 years, there will be another platform which is going to overtake TikTok and, you know, we'll be yelling at the kids, oh, it's just a kid's platform and all this. It's nonsense, obviously, because these platforms are incredible. And it's something Gary Vee has been yelling about TikTok for years, since before, since when it was really just like kids on there dancing. Uh, he was yelling about it because he knew, obviously, it was going to be this this big thing. I think we're actually seeing an emergence of a new platform. Do you use Be Real at all? I've heard I've heard about it. I've not used it yet. I don't quite understand the how I could use it from a business standpoint. I don't personally use social media to be perfectly honest. I use it for business purposes. Um, you know, before I posted my first TikTok, I didn't even have the app installed. I wasn't a consumer of it. But you know, I, I think things like the Be Real could be interesting, but I also think that'll be more that's probably going to be, oh, what was the one that um, that went really big a while ago? The sort of invite-only one that went really big. Is it Clubhouse uh, yeah, or something? Yes. Yeah, the Clubhouse. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it I think it'll be that one's... I don't see the commercial application to it. I was thinking about this the other day because I downloaded it because I saw lots of my friends were speaking about it. Um, and they were, I think it's kind of like a filters off type platform. Yeah. Which is, is fantastic. I think the the theory of it with the no filtering with the only having so long to actually get your photo and all this, I think that's fantastic. I think that's the way to do it. I don't see it being like, as just that. I don't see the business use to it and I don't see... I don't see how they can scale in the same way that and every other social media has. Because ultimately, the only way that these social media platforms have stayed alive is that they use advertising. They make money. TikTok yeah. is revolutionizing how, how they make their money through the TikTok shop, through their commerce side of what they're doing. They're now actually revolutionizing it because that's not just ads. That's not their biggest revenue driver. That's why this is why TikTok works when vine failed miserably it's they actually understand their own business model and i don't know how be real intends to do their advertising and all this because at some point they need to make money yeah i yeah i was i was thinking about this with my dad trying to brainstorm how you could use it in a commercial environment i actually don't think it's feasible i don't think it's possible um so you mentioned earlier you were talking about your the youngest ever spirit uh, founder of a spirit company that um, I know of anyway. Um, if there is someone younger, please <laughs> someone let me know. <laughs> I can't imagine there is. As as a young founder, the young founders that I've spoken to, they have issues because of their age. Mm. Um, are there any problems you face being a 19-year-old whiskey company founder? So it's actually been much easier with that side of things. You know, you always get the comments and all this, but if it wasn't about that, it would be about something else. Haters going to hate. 
um you know that's that's social media if you put yourself out there on social media you're gonna get hate off someone um i'm not too worried about that the the fact is i obviously ran my marketing company for a while before this i started that at 18 and that was where i actually encountered the issue with saying how old i was with blaze because before that i wouldn't volunteer to clients that i was only 18 i would always show up in a nice suit and all this so even my partners on blaze didn't know i wasn't like 25 until i think her eighth meeting or something like that like i i always worked on a basis of you know eventually they'll end up finding out because i'll mention something whatever um i don't hide it if they ask I'll obviously say but i wouldn't promote it whereas now it is a bit more tricky because i do actively promote it as part of the sort of brand because i think it's a good hook if nothing else um so yeah it's interesting i've not had too much issue with it the bigger issue has been actually with the marketing company because clients are less likely to take me seriously because because of that i actually think age sometimes can be good for opening doors because sometimes you know when i if i ever do uh, as you were saying, cold emailing, cold calling. I actually think mentioning the fact, oh, I'm 18. And then they're already like, wow, they're doing a lot for an 18-year-old. And then yeah. also I think I think your your sales channels is quite different to any other whiskey company. Um, you're only, you cut out all the middlemen, you only sell directly online. Why did you choose to kind of just use these sales, these like online sales channels? So most spirits brands and whiskey brands especially, Pretty much all of them will have a website now where you can buy their product. But I'm telling you right now, that is not kicking in dick to their bottom line. That is maybe at most 5% of their revenue or profit. If you're lucky, it's 5%. Looking at the industry as a whole, it operates through buyers for uh, supermarkets, through wholesalers, and through import-exporters and distributors internationally this is a broken model because in this day and age you need to be able to connect to your customers and the fact is most alcohol companies have no idea who their customers are how could they their customers tesco's or their distributor not actual real people so it's something for us we decided very on very early on we weren't going to do any we cut out the middlemen. We obviously make more money then. There's not a third company in there that needs to get paid. And we are able to connect much better with our customers. The fact is we have the email address. We have the address of every single customer. And I don't think any other whiskey brand can say that. How would you use that data then to drive revenue? Yeah, so things like, first off, we're obviously able to directly more from a business standpoint things like our facebook pixels and all the data analysis tools we use are far more powerful because the fact is we know exactly we know we have a complete picture of who our customers are but far beyond that we are able to actually contact and talk to all of our customers if we have something we're wondering about if we have a product we're looking at uh, doing if we have an idea about something if we have something we want to talk about we can talk to every one of our customers. We can get a better, we have a better understanding of our customer base than I think any other brand. And I think that is incredibly powerful and in, in something that is super underestimated by by the traditional industry. So as as a company which does their sales, them, they're the you know, um, distribution themselves, 
Uh, how, how do you manage stock and things like that? Because obviously if you sell to a third party like Tesco's, uh, Sainsbury's, Asda, etc., um, they kind of manage all that stuff for you. You don't really have to think about it. Well, the, the, the fact is I'm, I'm partnered with an existing distillery. So we're not having to set these systems up ourselves. We decided pretty early on though to actually use basically Amazon for all of our distribution for the simple fact that Amazon offer a service where you can actually, it's called um, multi-channel fulfillment. So where you can take orders from say your Shopify store and have Amazon deliver them. Now there's a very specific reason we use this for this because don't get me wrong, it has its drawbacks, but all alcohol must be age verified on delivery. Amazon don't surcharge for this. Every other, every actual carrier does. So instead of paying six pound a parcel, which is what we pay and having to provide the shipper and having to have someone pack it up and send it out, we are paying, I think three pound 60, something and something like that. I need to check the band again, but I think it's three pound 60 to have it picked, packed and delivered within two days. Still fully age verified, but just by Amazon. We spoke about this earlier, but I'm just going to circle back to it. Um, so at the moment, you're whiskey and vodka. Um, whiskey is kind of like the main one. You've done a limited supply of vodka. You want yep. to move into other spirits like gin, rum. What's kind of the future for Blaze at the moment? We At the moment, we are probably a little overstocked on our Scotch whiskey. Um, realistically, I don't think we'll have another spirit out this year. But I think looking towards 2023, a gin, a vodka, or maybe something a little less traditional could be could be very interesting. So kind of my last, my final question is, what's your advice for young entrepreneurs? I would say, don't be afraid to go out and do it. Because as much as you can sit and watch hundreds and thousands of hours of YouTube videos about learning how to do dropshipping, Amazon FBA, all these hustles, and that's great. And you need to do some of that you will learn so much more actually going and say building a store, going and starting something, trying something, trying to sell. I'm not saying you need to put a lot of money into it. Just go try and sell something and make, actually do something. Don't just, uh, don't just sit and watch tutorials all day. Cause you'll get lost in that whole I did for a while. Um, and I'm pretty sure most every entrepreneur has at some point ended up stuck in that, you know, just trying to learn everything. Because you're taught, that's how you're taught to do things through school and all this, you know, it's you go and you learn and you need to learn. But realistically, in entrepreneurship, you're going to learn really through doing uh, more, more than anything else. So just go out, do it, make it happen. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Yeah. Um, thank you very much. Lastly, if anybody wants to buy some whiskey or some vodka, where can they find you? BlazeSpirits.co.uk or on Amazon. So that is it for today's episode of the Enterprising Gen Z podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you have enjoyed it, please feel free to give it a review wherever you're listening from. It's much appreciated. And also check out our website. I post articles. Recently, I attended the Future Forward conference where I gave my views on education. And then I spoke to some people about the future of the workplace, which is really interesting. I posted a bit about my experience there. Also, if you feel like connecting with me on LinkedIn, uh, please do. The name is Sam Watson. Um, also check out our Instagram and our TikTok. It's at Enterprising Gen Z Pod. I post teasers, quotes. Uh, we're also doing a giveaway uh, soon, so please uh, check that out. Thank you so much for listening, and that is me. See you next week. Goodbye.